on Halloween. Buy one eyeball, get the second one free. Arr! Ghouls are supposed to take the night off. That was your first kiss. But evil never rests. She's out there by herself. An all-new Buffy. <laughs> Welcome to the Sunnydale Class of 99, also known as If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me. This is a weekly-ish podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago, and this week's episode is Season 6, Episode 6, All the Way. We'll be talking about plot, we'll be talking about characters, and we'll be talking about overblown, candy-coated conspiracies. So spoilers abound for this episode, every episode, before it, after the comics, and probably other shows and movies. I've podcasted before. I podcast all the time. Not that I'm a podcast slut. I'm just saying, with the talking and the recording and stuff, hey, expert here. It feels good to put a couple of years between us and binge mode where it feels good to like make those jokes and it doesn't feel like you're just aping binge mode. But I am. It's really nice. But I am. Oh, so am I. I, mean, I just, we, we've just leaned into it so much over these last couple of months. It's and great. now it can be ours as it gets now memory hold yeah, away. Ah, <laughs> uh, Welcome back, everyone. My name is Kelly and I am here with my wonderful co-host Stacia. Say hello. Hey. And my other co-host, Daniel, say hello. <laughs> Look, all that matters is that we're podcasting. Everything else is thick gravy goodness. You're goddamn right. Today, the gravy goodness is season six, episode six, all the way, which originally aired in October of the year 2001. Hey, the date, the 30th. That's the day before Halloween. Written. Happy Halloween. Hey, happy Halloween. <laughs> they say What are you guys dressing up Christmas? as? Yes. <laughs> Hey, this is supposed to be back in a secret. Yeah, you're breaking the fourth wall. You buy it. Oh, man. Written by Stephen tonight. This is three of five for him. The last one was Spiral. That episode, we don't remember what it is. And the next one will be Dead Things, an episode I also don't know what that is. Great times. I know all the things. Spiral's the one before Weight of the World, right? Oh, right. Yeah. Don't hit the horsies. We won't. Aim for the horsies. Directed by David Solomon, 11 of 19 for him. Last was Afterlife, and next will be Rack. David Solomon's all over season six, man. He's just, he's doing all the episodes. Oh, uh, is there anything that uh, happened in this episode? Let's think about it. Mm, it's Halloween. And famously in Sunnydale, nothing happens on Halloween except to our friends, where things always happen on Halloween. Except for those odd number of years when things actually don't happen on Halloween. But. This is an even number year, so we are getting Halloween shenanigans, even if they're just mild shenanigans. Uh, the Magic Box has a bunch of customers because Halloween occult stuff makes sense. Xander, while watching Anya skate around as uh, a Charlie's angel, decides this is the moment I'm going to tell my friends that we're actually engaged. Great job, Xander. It only took you six months. Uh, Dawn is, hey, remember she likes to steal things? Although, did we know that? I don't know. She stole stuff before, but kind of in the vein of a mission, not just for fun. I wonder if this is the first time she's done it for fun. We can discuss it later. Not important. Dawn is going to go on a 
a little rendezvous with some boys that she just met because her friend Janice is a ne'er-do-well and hanging out with ruffians in the park of all places, the most insidious place in Sunnydale. I mean, granted, they did find the body of those two kids that one time that caused the whole town to go into a frenzy about murdered children. But besides that, the park seems, you know, pretty chill, but not tonight because it's Halloween. So that's where all the scary action's going down. Uh, meanwhile, while Don is just causing mischief throughout the town of Sunnydale, our friends are having an impromptu engagement party for Xander and Anya, which is one of the most awkward, saddest parties I've ever seen, and I wish that it didn't happen. Uh, we found out during the course of our very sad party that Don lied about spending the night at Janice's house, and Janice lied about spending the night at Don's house, so they must be out causing trouble. Oh, God, let's go find out where the kids went. Uh, everybody splits up into teams, as you do. Will and Tara go to the bronze? Uh, where Willow and Tara have a little bit of a confrontation about, hey, gee, I think Willow might be using too much magic. Willow doesn't take it well. We'll talk about that, too. That's the whole point of the episode, because the rest of it's dumb. Oh, okay, so the boys at Dawn is going out with their vampires. That's bad. Buffy, well, Giles, finds the girls just in time so that they don't get bit by the vampires. And then there's even more vampires that come out of the woods because I guess all the vampires in Sunnydale go here to make out. I don't really know why they're all there, but they're there. And then Buffy fights them and then that's over. And Don gets a talking to, again, none of this matters. You can lift it right out. But at the very end, Willow, not liking that her woman talked back to her in such a way, fucking erases the memory just erases the memory of the fight no big deal goes to sleep but smile firmly in place the end great episode all around wow uh first in this episode something that uh, we will discuss first time that we see willow wipe Tara's memory but is it the first time we will discuss first time on screen for sure uh, the spell that Willow and Tara used at the bronze, the words they're speaking were actually Arabic. I feel like usually we do Latin, but they just used the words uh, sukkut for silence and tekalim for talk. So, yeah, I mean, it says what it is right there on the tin. Burba weed that Spike likes to put into his, his blood to make it spicy, right, right. not real. It's not real. Hmm. But mandrake oh. roots are definitely real. So they are just the roots of the plants from the genus Madragora which belong to the family of nightshades. Everyone knows about nightshades. They're the poison kinds, right? They're Well, no, I mean, tomatoes and are nightshades too. All poison. I like tomatoes. Uh, the cast of this show that we're watching was also learning and recording their songs for Once More a Feeling during this episode. Maybe yet another reason why it feels like it should just not be here. Throw it right away. Throw it right away in the garbage. Uh, and a very important fact, Emma Caulfield was apparently an avid skater in her youth. Don't you? <laughs> she was spinning. She was going everywhere. She was skating really well. Everybody apparently was very afraid that she was going to knock into stuff, but she didn't because avid skater in her youth. Avid skater. Really important facts. Avid. Really important facts. Yes. Well, talking about really important things, Stacia, how did you feel about this episode? It's fine. Oh, okay. I respect that. Do I respect that? We'll see. Daniel? Apparently you hate it. So. <laughs> Daniel, how did you feel about this episode? Uh, yeah, no, I thought this was going to be really, really bad. And, you know, I feel bad for Steven tonight the same way that I feel bad for, like, Tracy Forbes, right? That was her name with Beer Bad and everything. Oh, right. Yeah, I feel yeah. bad because she has to, like, he's got to write the episode before once more with feeling. So <laughs> you're you're not, it's not great. Uh, the jokes aren't as funny. I don't know. I don't want to, like, be too harsh because I like him a lot. But, like, it's just... 
there it just felt really awkward and some of the jokes really just didn't land but i found it to be pleasant overall i don't hate dawn the way i did back in the day so i don't i mean i never really hated hated her but she was annoying at this mm-hmm. point but i like i just have total different different vibe with dawn so like this whole thing didn't bother me i tried to be in the moment and i liked it it was it was perfectly fine i just didn't realize even with at this stage in the show the worst episodes of buffy still do the great there's so so much uh, leading in for the whole season. I mean, we have the the Xander Anya shit, Dawn being a klepto, mm. Buffy. Even we get a little bit of a reminder of like you're in love with vampires, right? And we get these flashes with Spike. Like they're definitely building that up pretty well. Giles fucking over it, you know. And obviously Willow <laughs> destroying Tara completely. So all of these things exist in this episode. So it's hard to like take it away. Like everything here kind of furthers all of those plot lines, which is pretty cool. But you know, I don't really care about Dawn hanging out with her friends. So. Yeah, I mean, I because I was always annoyed with Don previously. I remember being annoyed at this episode um, because of her. But I think her plotline is like the only good part about the episode, with the exception of like how uh, shocking the Willow stuff is. Like that's that's great in a different way, right? But like th- I think this is like season one and two, fun time, like normal. Like we're going on a date with a boy. Oh God, he's a vampire. Okay, like let's you know monster of the week it up, and now we're over with our adventure. I think it's I don't know. It's got like a charm to it in that way. But also, I really, really don't like this episode. I feel like I've seen this episode so many times, and I was trying to be like, why would I go back and watch this episode a bunch of times? This episode sucks. And then I was like, oh, yeah, the lesbians kiss in this episode. Make sure to watch that 8 million times, 14-year-old me, because you're sad. All right, so. What? No. (laughs) It was. That was your first kiss. Uh, (laughs) I've been kissed before. I I kiss all the time. Not that I'm a kiss slut, just... You know, with with the lips and and the pressing together and stuff. Hey, expert here. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about what happened in this episode. Not just the what I did with the plot running down because that's boring. But uh, let's talk about Mr. What's his name? Cradahat? Cradahat? Crazy? What's his name? His name, sorry, is uh, Colton Bach. Kaltenbach. I was close. K A L T E N B A C H. Kaltenbach. Kaltenbach. So says. So says the the Buffy scripts. So never forget Kaltenbach with the K. So we clearly we do the misdirect. We we act like he's gonna poison our kids, but then it turns out as Stacia so aptly pointed out, a la the very first episode of Buffy, where you think Darla is about to be the victim, turns out not the victim, the vampire. Here we think. Poor Kevin Reese is about to get got with poisonous treats. Doesn't. He kills Mr. I already forgot his name with the K. Colton Bach. Colton Bach. Uh, I have a question about him because he's very creepy. And I'm not 100% convinced that he wasn't going to poison those kids. Um, I think that it was just a coincidence that the kids that came to be poisoned were vampires. So it didn't really work out for him. But he does let slip that some kind of accident happened to him at the toy factory. And I was just curious if you had any thoughts about what Mr. Kaltenbach must have done at the toy factory to get fired. He was one of the best. The best, maybe. Time for the treats. Who wants to help Daddy in the kitchen? How about you, Sally? Uh, Sally's not much for the cooking. Why don't I give you a hand? Hands are good. Always use more hands. In 1958, he's still ruminating about it. Oh, did, did he say the date? Yeah, he said in 1958. 
And then he went on about hands are good. Always use more hands. Uh, I can't really tell because there's he's alternating between uh, saying daddy's home and daddy needs you in the thing. And um, and like, you know, just talking about toys and stuff. So I thought obviously that he was just a creepy pedophile and Mm -hmm. I thought he was going to try to lure children. And that's what he did. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm totally with you. I don't think that he is uh, innocent. I think that he was absolutely going to do something to someone tonight yeah great. Uh, what did happen there um i want to go with like you gotta be like serious uh either it's an accident of some kind that happened that's like would get you ostracized in the community or you're so egregious back in the 1950s as a molester that they you know push you out <laughs> which means like you're like a thousand fold what you have to be today to be you know <laughs> right. cast out of a job right. so you can only imagine the heinous shit that mr colton bach Got up to in his youth. And until the show tells me different, he's a monster. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, sometimes the the most obvious, simple answer is, what is that, Occam's Razor? You know, the, you, he, he seems like a creepy pedophile. Just I mean, how many times have you looked through the blinds with a knife in your hand being like, daddy's going to get you? You know, I mean, like, when's the last time you guys did that? You know, I can't remember. Like, I can't remember. I know I have, but it's, it's been, been a long so time long. for sure. <laughs> it's been a long time. I just can't tap into that person anymore, you know, so... Uh, well, the reason they were able to do this clever misdirect about this man who seems very creepy with his treats is because there's been, throughout history, at least American history and recent history, uh, candy scares. I mean, I think, you know, Daniel, I'm sure you, as a kid, your parents were like convinced that you were going to get razor blades in your candy or something like that, right? It's true. We had to, we had to look through stuff, yeah. Station, did your parents look through your candy? I think one year. Yeah. That was it. They were like, yeah, yeah, fuck it. If it didn't happen this year and it was supposed to happen this year, it's probably fine for the rest <laughs> yeah. of the year. Nice. nice. I had not very involved parents. I mean, even ours, they, we just threw it down and it's like, okay, they all look like Snickers and stuff. Yeah. Good. As long as it's not some fucked up weird, you know, treat from some random Yeah, place, my mom so. would take stuff if it was homemade. Oh, yeah. 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 I, we we just did the same thing. My mom would just like look to see if it was already ripped open or something. And at that point, it's more like, did yeah. this get dropped on the ground and then you just put it back in your bag? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this was going to almost be a seamless segue, but then I just lost all steam. So, Stacia, tell me about various candy panics or I don't know. I never know what you're going to come up with. See, I give mm-hmm. you the prompt, but then you always surprise me. So who knows what's about to happen? Will it even be related to candy? I don't know. I don't it know. Is. She digs deep into the name Colton Bach. Where does it come from? Yes, yes, Colton Bach. <laughs> so what did you come up with? Well, I don't just get to come up with my own topic. I get assigned a topic, and then I have to come up with something interesting to say about it. So really depends on how much you know leeway she gives me. Well, though, you're using too much magic. What do you want me to do? Just, just sit back and keep my mouth shut? Well, that'd be a good start. Okay. Halloween candy panics. Let's yes. do this. Yes. Uh, okay, so Halloween is kind of a uniquely American tradition, which is fun. It's one of the very few things that I love about the U.S. Thank you. It's Halloween. That's number one, <laughs> two, three. That's all, every top, <laughs> all the top ten of my favorite things about the U.S. involves Halloween. Nice. Um, anyways, but so that being said, our candy panic goes back to like the Industrial Revolution. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, this was a thing that Kelly and I have been like into recently watching baking shows and stuff about specifically 
British baking and the idea of like adulterated foods. And so when you have this industrial revolution, suddenly you're not making the food that you're eating necessarily. You are buying it from a baker or you're buying it from like a store or something. Um, and so for these people to get margins, better margins on their products, they would add in things that weren't necessarily edible but were cheaper <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so people started getting worried about adulterated food and so there was this thing uh, kind of trend that happened where if kids died because lots of kids died because there were lots of things that killed children at the time because they didn't understand like bacteria and spoiled milk and stuff like that uh, if the child had recently in the past eaten candy the doctor would say it was probably poison candy <laughs> just because yeah well, when you don't have another reason. And I guess it could have been, right, with all the adulterated food running around. Exactly. <laughs> so it's just another fear. You'd be afraid that your kid would eat poison candy. Wow. wow. And so this is like a theme that sort of pops up again and again and again since the Industrial Revolution. And it seems to be tied to a lot of general, like, moral panics. So you see it in um, the 1960s when, like we're getting this like racial integration and women are becoming like a little bit more um, like their roles are loosening a little bit. And again, in the eighties with like babysitting and this idea of like a stranger taking care of your child. And despite the fact we've had like more than a hundred years of paranoia regarding candy, I'm going to skip to the very end right now and tell you that no one has actually been poisoned by eating candy from a stranger. No one's been poisoned. No one's been hurt. No one's died at all. Well, that was great. Thanks babe. Completely safe. Wonderful story. All right. Eat as much candy from strangers as you would like. However, if someone you know gives you candy, you should be scared. <laughs> well, as with, you know, most domestic situations or like people that get murdered, mm-hmm. it's always like intimate partner violence. It's like the yeah. kids being abused by the parents. You know, it's it's always the call is always yeah. coming from. The so house. there have been limited instances of people giving out things that were clearly not candy to kids. One lady in the 1960s was giving out dog biscuits, rat cool. poison, cool. like those like steel scrubber things to wash your dishes. And she only did this to kids she deemed were quote unquote too old to be trick-or-treating uh, and wow. no one was wow. hurt because they were like clearly like this literally says poison on it like what did you just give me <laughs> it's like a skull and crossbows it just says poison warning yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so she was like she was charged with endangering the welfare of children but she anyways so that was one of them that was in the 1960s in the 1970s we get um this guy named Ronald O'Brien. Basically, he's got money troubles. So what do you what are you gonna do? Well, you take out really massive life insurance policies on your eight and four year old children. Uh oh. Then you put cyanide in their pixie sticks. Uh oh. And extra pixie sticks to hand out to the his friends, your kids' friends, oh. so that you have plausible deniability that it was you that did this. And then you wait for your kids to die. Uh oh. Um, bad news is his son Timothy did eat the pixie stick and died. The good news is none of the other kids did because he stapled the pixie sticks shut with staples and none of the kids could get them open besides Timothy. Oh. So it was uh, really obvious. Obviously it was targeted. It was just, you know, his kids and his kids' friends that got these like adulterated pixie sticks. Um, He went to jail, of course. And then in the 1980s, we get the... Chicago Tylenol murders, which mm, yeah. is like a thing all in itself. But the first murder happened a month before Halloween. So everyone started being like, oh, my God, will they target the candy next? Oh, uh, okay. 
I see that. I see. And then when it sort of resurged in the early 90s, a girl collapsed and died while she was trick-or-treating, sadly. Um, And the news immediately said it was because she ate poison candy. It turned out she had heart issues, and that was the actual reason. It had nothing to do with candy. Always got to blame the goddamn candy. So, again, completely safe to eat candy from strangers. Go for it. (laughs) You've got my approval. Children. Children of the world. (laughs) Nothing has happened. There has never been like a mass poisoning, not even close. That being said, let me take you to Japan. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. How the twist turns. Okay. So, yeah. I'm not going to give exact dates because I didn't care that much. This happens between 1984 and 1985. It's like a 17-month situation. Basically, we've got what's it called? Glico. Izaki Glico. I don't know. They make Pocky, which oh yeah, they're okay. like a huge yeah, yeah. like international food company brand. G-L-I-C-O, it's yeah. the little cursive script. I can see it. I can see yeah, it so yeah, clearly. Yeah. So that's one of like their iconic things, but they make tons of food and all different kinds of food, not just candy. They make like curries and all these kinds of things. And basically they're touted as something that will be really healthy for you to eat. It's, like, really good. It'll raise good, strong Japanese children. So it was something that, like, you know, Japanese moms felt good giving their kids. You know, it's full of nutrients and vitamins. Like, obviously not the candy, but whatever. They're doing some, like, high-techy, science stuff with, like, glycogen, claiming it's great for you. But in 1984, the CEO of Glico, or Glyco, I don't know how it's pronounced. I would, I would think it'd be Glico. Glico, um, Katsuhisa Izaki is dragged out of his bathtub naked by two armed gunmen to realize that the rest of his house has already been trussed up like pigs and left scattered about. He is taken to a warehouse. These men then go to his company and basically say, you need to give me a billion yen or you're not going to see your CEO again. And apparently a billion yen at that time is about... Uh, 4.5 million US dollars. So it was the largest. Oh, and then he also asked for 100 kilos of gold bullion, which I don't even know what that is, but that's a lot of gold. (laughs) (laughs) And for a country that only had 27 kidnappings the previous year, this was the largest ransom ever, like, recorded in Japanese history. This was like fucking massive news. And the police, like they have low crime and generally they're really efficient with solving the crime they do have. They're like, oh fuck. They can't figure it out. Good news is CEO, he's like taking care of his own shit and he escapes three days after he gets kidnapped. (laughs) Nice. And so these people are like, eh, that's fine. (laughs) They wait wait a couple weeks. They light some trucks on fire. Sure. Outside of the Glico factory. (laughs) And then um, after that, Glico starts getting these letters, and they're signed by the, quote-unquote, it's either translated as the mystery man with 21 faces or the monster with 21 faces. Apparently, it's based off of a crime novel written by a famous Japanese novelist, the man with 20 faces, and they decided we're going to do one better than that, you know? We're the 21st. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) What's better than a candle in the wind? 5,000 candles candles in the wind. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. And so these letters, one, they're taunting the police and they're like, you stupid idiot. Like, are you even policemen if you can't catch us? This is so embarrassing for you. Public shame for you. And then also to Glico is basically like, we're going to destroy your company. And it seemed to be that. (laughs) Their entire motivation wasn't money. It was like they wanted to like destabilize Japanese like food 
industry like entirely because after a couple of weeks they get no money out of it they had threatened to put cyanide in all of glico's food products so glico goes and they pull 21 million dollars worth of food off of the shelves 450 people are laid off it's like this massive huge blow and they test everything not a single thing has cyanide in it so the police are freaking out. Anyways, that's kind of like the big thing that happens to them. And then the man with 21 faces says, you know what? I'm over it. Like, I'm sorry. I made this four-year-old cry. We're not doing this anymore. <laughs> like, you're cool, Glico. We're going to move on. So what they did was <laughs> they moved on to Morinaga, which is another massive food company in Japan. And they were like, hey, Morinaga, Glico, like, they're, they're our buds now. Like, we like them. So give us $400,000 or we're going to put cyanide in your food. And Morinaga was like, you didn't fucking do it to them. You're not going to fucking do it to us. You don't care about the money. You're just like weird little terrorists with your candy. And they were like, haha, okay, okay. So they send this letter to the police. The police put it on the news that are basically like, Japanese mothers, pay attention. Sweets are good for your children. You should feed them lots of sweets. Don't worry if it has cyanide in it. Cyanide is only a little bit bitter. And literally this like. Excuse me? Yeah. What? The man oh with God. 21 faces had tampered with a bunch of the Morinaga candy products and added cyanide to them with giant poison oh labels on the outside that was like, warning, contains poison. If you eat this, you will die. And then they went to the um, media and said, next time we're not going to put the labels on it. So everyone was like, super freaked out. And <laughs> so they kept going back to Morinaga and they were like, give us more money, give us more money. But they're so completely ineffectual, they never got any money. And they went to do a <laughs> ransom drop off. Didn't work. They were supposed to like throw money onto a train heading to Kyoto or something. Sure, sure. Doesn't happen. <laughs> the lead guy of the police who's been chasing this like person or group calling themselves the mystery man with 21 faces um, is so mad and upset that he hasn't been able to catch them that he sets himself on fire yep that sounds right oh my god so at this point the man with 21 places 21 faces was like wow okay <laughs> I think, i'm retiring like i'm done honestly like that guy he went out like a man <laughs> i can't do this anymore <laughs> And uh, that was it. He was like, look, and his last letter was basically like, we're bad people. We've got things to do. We're busy. Maybe we'll go to Europe. You don't know. See you later. (laughs) And to this day, whoever it is has never been caught. So there you go. The uh, Morinaga Glico case of the 1980s. Wow. So other than that chief inspector guy, did anyone die? No one was poisoned. No one was hurt. No money was ever exchanged. The man with 21 faces never got a single cent of ransom through all of it. Everyone is like speculating on was it one of the CEOs? Was it someone who knew of the sock drop that they could make money off of it? Was it like, you know, whatever? And they can never pin down who it was. They have one video camera image of someone they think was putting one of the doctored Morinaga packets on a shelf. And then they have a police sketch of the fox-eyed man that was at the Kyoto station or the train where that like blundered ransom drop-off happened. Mm. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about. This is <laughs> what I'm talking amazing about. amazing stuff. Thought you were just going to bring the pain with like razor blades and apples, some trite shit, and then you're like, <laughs> guess what? Self-immolating Japanese inspector, <laughs> botched candy takeovers. Destruction of an entire country's food supply. Yes. 
Can you Thank imagine you. how scary that would be, though, if you were, like, living in Japan at the time and you're like, what if they do poison it? Like, I don't have any control yeah. over that. How am I supposed to know if this food's safe? Obviously, the companies were, like, devastated because their stat crashed. They kept having to pull products. Mm-hmm. They were trying to deal with this ransom shit. And, the you know, the police are like, this is embarrassing. We're usually so good at our jobs. <laughs> the Tylenol thing was real, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they spent a ton of money to recall every bottle of Tylenol. And I mean, there's been case studies on that where it's like that saved their that saved all their business, like mm-hmm. them doing that yeah. purely, like just the the trust that people had in it after the fact because they did it. That was real, and that was why we have like the safety seals on medicine now because Tylenol started that because they were like, how can we make our product seem safe? How can we give the consumer, you know, the sense that nothing has been tampered with? So that's why you have those like tamper safe seals and everything. Now is directly in response to the. Chicago Tylenol poisonings, but yeah, that's another one that's never been solved. They don't know who did that. Oh, really? Huh. I'm thinking the man with 21 faces. <laughs> Sounds right. Sounds I mean, right. That's a pretty badass name, right? If you're gonna <laughs> name yourself something. Yeah. Oh, I think so. Do we think that this guy right here we're looking at? Do you, do we think he's the man with 21 faces? Mm, Could he be? Maybe the mastermind behind it. That- I mean, he died in ninety, what two thousand one? You know, so he's of the right age where he could be out there, spry guy, uh, in the nineteen eighties. You know, terrorizing an entire country. I could yeah. see it. Yeah, well, the Taiwan lineup for that being his one mistake, but maybe the one mistake that, and then him getting fired drove him to then to do that. Yes, in another country, in another industry. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Makes sense. Normal. Toys, candy, basically the same industry. Yeah. So both it, for it, children. It all lines up. Yeah. Oh, God. Yes. Wow. Who could have expected? See? You're welcome. I found some good stuff. Yeah, the U.S. is boring as far as poison candy goes. There just really isn't any of it. Wow. Like I said, eat eat candy with wild abandon from strangers. Don't be scared. <laughs> it's safe. We need to threaten companies more. Just be like, hey, Nestle, give me $400,000. Just, you know, why don't we all do that more often? It is, there is this like interesting dichotomy, like the shift from at the beginning, the fear was, I can't see who's making it. I don't know what's going into it to um, like trusting these like big faceless companies that everything's always going to be consistent. And so like now, instead of being like, oh, I'd be scared of buying this from the city because I don't know who made that. I'll I'll eat the thing from my neighbor. You'd be like, well, I don't know who my fucking neighbor is. I'm going to eat this thing that was made in Indiana. Right. (laughs) So, and that's like, you know, like we were saying that. Uh, like sign of safety or whatever like if we got like popcorn balls or something we weren't allowed to eat those we could only eat like the Hershey's candy so it's an interesting little shift it is yeah it is makes you think about Mr. Kakalaka well and and this guy you know Colton Bach is making a fucking Rice Krispie treats for these Mm -hmm. people so he's one of these weirdos that's making poison fucking food you know, I would say never, no, I would never eat that Rice Krispie treat. And if I was a parent, I'd be like, no, <laughs> absolutely not. This man wears a fucking like hat like that. He's We're out. We've been here. in his house. It's all weird, creepy toys that he cut the heads off of. And like the, the knife skills on his pumpkin are too precise, like too good. <laughs> Surgical, so, you might say. Yeah, it's oh, like we, no. so many red flags for me. You guys get Xander and Cordelia. Go to the library and look it up. Candy curses. Disturbing second childhood. Got it. After Dawn narrowly escapes her, what probably would have been a delicious treat fate, mm. uh, she goes to the woods with the, the vampires. She does. She parks. She parks with a vamp. That really gave me uh, vibes from the season two episode where uh, the werewolf 
like I don't know. I guess it's it, there's no way it was the same location. But for some reason, them being oh, in the car, yeah. We remember that, like, yeah. I was. Gonna, I don't know. They I don't think that's to passion or something like that. Is yeah, like what yeah, saying. right. That's what it was. They oh. the werewolf kept hunting in the yeah. like makeout spots. Oh my that's god! Right. Yes, I Fuck. Well, if you want to up the speed quotient with us, maybe you need to do something daring. Maybe you need to make the first move. <laughs> that won't make me a slut. I think your reputation will remain intact. But it's that detective guy, right? The guy who's like going out and he's hunting. He's a hunter. He's the hunter or whatever. Yeah. He's got like a necklace of werewolf teeth. teeth. Yeah. That one was overlooking the fictional like ocean that they have. But here they've just leaned into the impenetrable woods. Mm -hmm. So as we've learned at the beginning of the season, the woods is big. It's real big. The woods are huge. The woods is huge. I know. might call it a forest. You could be lost in it for, for hours. Apparently. And yet everyone converges without a problem, including just the two people trying to make out. Oh, what? So now you're special? You're a special boy with chains and stuff. Why do you have chains and stuff? So Marty Noxon said about this episode, <clears throat> begin long quote. <laughs> that was what that one was interesting, but there were two things wrong with it. The romance between Don and the Vampire never took off. We'd hoped it would be bittersweet, but they didn't quite make the connection. So in some ways, it wasn't quite as resonant as we'd hoped it would be. And the other thing is that Joss felt that we should have shored up Don's character more at the beginning. If we'd been into Don's space in the beginning, then the rest of it might have played better. I tend to agree. We sort of boned that one a little bit. What I did like about it was that it was sort of old school Buffy. You go out with these guys and guess what? They're vampires. Not very complicated in the metaphor, but very dead on. So I like the simplicity of it. Uh-huh, dead it, on. <laughs> right. It, if we'd only made a few adjustments, it would have been better. And very long quote. So what's your what's your take on that? Do you agree that um, it doesn't really work, this episode, Don's little story? I agree that this could have been a stronger episode. I did find myself thinking while we were watching it, like, they kept repeating, we've seen each other at parties before. Like, I wish we had actually seen those parties. Mm-hmm. Like, he had been, like, a very small character that we've seen before and we know she's kind of got a crush on before just, like, this, like, cold introduction so that there's just, like, a tiny bit of buildup, although I understand why that didn't happen. Were you parking with a vamp? <laughs> I-, I didn't know he was dead. Living dead. Shut up. How could you not know? I just met him. Oh, Oh, so you were parking in the woods with the boy you just met. We've seen each other at parties. Shut up. Um, and I think that they're right that it's hard because so far this season it's all been about Buffy and Dawn has, like, we haven't seen her as a person or, like, how she's grown since Buffy's died or anything like that. So this is our first intro to it, which I don't know what you would have done before that aside from maybe show those parties or, like, her, because we don't ever see her have friends, like, before or after this, I don't think. <laughs> so, I mean, it's always weird when you get the, like, peek into her, like, um... The when first episode of at, season seven, yeah. Well, it's like when she's at school and she's like, oh, Hunter thinks I'm cute. <laughs> right, and then Buffy right. has to go say, like, your mom's dead. Right, right. <laughs> she's, like, crying in the bathroom over something stupid. He thinks I'm a weirdo. <laughs> and you're just like, who is this person? <laughs> like, you have, you definitely have that moment here where you're just like, who are you? Like, and, and, you who know. Who the fuck is Janice? Well, yeah, like, who the fuck is Janice? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, no, not that Janice. <laughs> But, like, because you forget 
when they're like in like the Buffy squad or whatever that like when you extricate Dawn from that and she's just like a normal teenage girl like she's really pretty she's like friendly and outgoing like she'd be really popular at school she'd have a huge social life she would be dating like a football kid with like a varsity jacket and like you know what I mean like she would be living sort of this like high school dream and so it's like weird when you actually see her in this place where she should sort of shine and then even at the end you get no, oh, I knew you were special because you're Buffy's sister. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty brutal. <laughs> I mean, I completely agree. I mean, I, I feel like the Reptile Boy stuff, I mean, I was just thinking about Reptile Boy, and I was like, man, this is a better... I hate Reptile Boy, but it's like, is this worse than Reptile Boy? So it's like, I, you know, even that like had commentary. This one has nothing to say about anything. It's really just a, a classic dumb yeah. Buffy episode about nothing, which is fine. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I totally agree with everything you said. I mean, it's like, I mean, I wrote here Dawn lying saying, you know, I've seen, so you're a little parties. I'm like, what? No, you haven't done anything. <laughs> have you, you have ever never been gone to a out. party? <laughs> have you ever been to a party? There's so much. And the reason it's not even that they have to show us necessarily, but then you have Buffy being like, oh no, you're not going anywhere. God, if you have to put up with that shit every time just to get out of the house, like mm-hmm. how easy is it to you for you to go to parties, right? Because mm-hmm. if you go to parties all the time and you show up and you're still responsible, I mean, then it would be weird. Maybe it was right? easier that- when Buffy was dead and Will and oh. uh, Tara, Tara were, were like charge. asleep and she just like snuck out a window, hung out with Janice. Janice is clearly a bad influence. She's got a belly button piercing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are we doing with this I can girl? see her entire stomach. Yeah. Oh, it's it's wild. I mean, the low rise, it's just <laughs> aggressively 2001. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, even just running off into the woods, I mean, or into the woods and running off into the alleyways, it's like, why do our characters make these decisions? I mean, again, everyone's traumatized and just does the, the things they shouldn't do. And Dawn should know better after all this time. I yeah. mean, she is a magical entity that was put on this <laughs> earth a, a year ago, and she has learned nothing but the pain of living on the hell mouth and it's like why would you even tempt fate just to like kiss a boy i guess and that's the whole point i suppose but yeah i wish that they built this up more because then it would feel different because even when he was like i really like you Mm -hmm. i wanted to believe that that was true when i know that it's it wasn't but it would be so much more powerful if it actually felt like it was true Mm -hmm. and that he was actually kind of cool didn't want to do these things to dawn and then does and then that's like the whole gist of this episode is like that happening and her having to kill him that's good stuff can you do that? No. Can you do that before fucking uh, once more with feeling? No. There's no time for this shit. <laughs> right. You know, and that's too bad. And the whole thing about Joss, you know, talking about um, developing Dawn, I think it depends on who you are as a watcher. Like, you watched it before and hated it. I even, yeah. you know, I, I, I like Dawn, but even I didn't like this stuff. And I'm so much more forgiving of it now. And, I, and I'm sure that they, when they were writing it, probably liked Dawn, probably in the way that we do now, where they're, they're okay with the idea of Dawn and they can do it. But... I'm sure for audiences, it's incredibly polarizing. So I'm sure these are easy things for the writers to talk about and be like, yeah, there's just there wasn't really any way that we could do this. Like, I think you're just going to hate this character. Mm -hmm. Like our audience just isn't going to like this. Yeah. And it's like we just have to soldier through and maybe they'll come around. Maybe they won't. I think that if they could have shown Dawn more as her own person, this episode would have felt a lot more resonant. Um, And I do think that you make a good point. It depends on who you are as an audience person watching it like how you take her actions because i've like historically in the past always found dawn really irritating like she's whiny she's useless and then she's constantly asking for like more responsibility but then the moment she has like the tiniest bit of free will she makes a complete fucking fool of herself you know and this is like a great example where she's like you should trust me i'm an adult i can do research and then she immediately goes out and starts making out with a vampire in the woods like you're making bad 
bad choices. Like you want them to like trust you and respect you. Don't do those things. But then also like watching it this time, I like I understood the like desire to like make bad choices Mm -hmm. like as a teenager and you just like want to like you know be your own person and it's okay that the choices that you make are bad choices because they're your choices and like that kind of um stuff so I felt a lot more sympathetic to her this time you know you have this like awkward moment that you're going through where you've like never kissed anyone before and like Mm -hmm. maybe he likes me and you know um you're with a friend who seems like more dangerous and experienced than you because she's like already making out with her boyfriend and you're just like oh I'm so dumb I can throw a pumpkin (laughs) like you know what I mean like that like weird juvenile innocent thing where you're like I want to show that I'm an adult and I'm going to do that by making the worst choices I possibly could (laughs) (laughs) Um, so like this time I like I felt for her but yeah I think it would definitely have been like more powerful if you had seen them have like a little bit of a relationship because the entire time you're kind of like who is this guy like I don't trust this guy he seems weird and shifty his friend is clearly an asshole and then you find out he's a vampire and you're like well now I definitely can't trust him (laughs) so there's like not enough space to be like but maybe she could have you know which I feel like is like the kind of the question they want you to be asking at the end of it and you can't really get there (laughs) no no I think would have been a big risk for them to make Dawn a character, right? I think it's kind of yeah. a risk either way. It's like, so in order to make Dawn more of a character, you invest the time and risk alienating the audience that, that does not like Dawn, right? Yeah. So like, so now you're like, where the fuck are my friends? I don't give a shit about Dawn. Yeah. Why are we doing this? Uh, or you just forget about her and kind of write her off without writing her off, right? Like you just completely 100% push her back, which is also a risk because then it's like, why did we, where's Dawn? What the fuck are you doing? But you could just send her to Hank or something, right? But like that feels weird and, and disingenuous to, to Buffy's character, like we've talked about multiple times. So it's like, yeah, Dawn's in a shitty position, right? They, they, She was last season's MacGuffin, right? Like she's the key and we have a reason for her to be around. So we, anybody who's a naysayer who's like, I can't stand Dawn, at least we have a reason for her existing. And now it's like, well, what do we do? It's like, it's the theme of the season, guys. What do we do in the world? How do we live in this world with all the choices we made and yeah. all the things that have happened? So. Bell. Neck. Look into it. I don't think if you're binging it, you'll ever think twice about this episode or what's happening with Dawn because you're right. She never has friends after this. None of this matters. Never mattered before. Never mattered again. And it's just nice to sit with her for a minute and be like, hmm, okay. And that's why every yeah. time they do it, it feels weird. Although I, I definitely yeah. agree that I was not mad at Don at all. I like I did mm. stupid shit like this mm. when so I was I. that age, and like you do feel this. You're trapped, and I need to go do something. My friends are fucking idiots, but I'm here, so I guess I'll do the thing. And like peer pressure is real, man. And you just like that. No, she did nothing wrong in this episode, as far as I'm concerned. She didn't know they were vampires, right? Like she was just hanging out with these people. Yeah. Uh, fucking Janice is a terrible influence, but you know that's yeah. that's what happens. But those are like normal teenager mistakes, right? Yeah. That you have to make. One of one other thing I found myself thinking watching this episode that I don't think I've ever thought before is when she's walking down the alley before she's met up with Janice and she hears something and she grabs the stick and I'm just like, how would you ever feel brave enough, like knowing what literally goes bump in the night, to walk down this alley by yourself where Buffy doesn't know where you are, mm-hmm. like and she keeps putting herself into these increasingly like dangerous positions, like she's in this old man's house and there's a head missing from a toy and like, are we gonna get poisoned? What is this guy doing? He's super creepy and like you're sitting there knowing there could be demons and everyone else is laughing about it and you're like no but that's not actually funny because it's real yeah (laughs) and somehow she's like being chill about it i don't know it's like this weird dissonance yeah that's why her arc is interesting and i want to pay attention this season because by the end of it she's like 
you weren't here. You yeah. died and then you fucked off. Like with Spike, literally, yeah. you just went and had sex with Spike and didn't pay attention to me this whole year. And then yeah. you have the gall to come back to me and treat me like I'm fucking eight years old. Yeah. Like you want me to be self reliant. I've had to be self reliant because my goddamn terrible lesbian mom got fucking destroyed in a drug den. Everyone's leaving me alone. And then the second you are around and you want to check in and be part of my life, you're telling me I can't do stuff. Like, mm. terrible position for Don. See, here. I would say. That then that would be the slow burn. The, the other thing, like this is a show about teenagers and teenage stuff, and it's weird after six seasons to have a new teenager come in and do yeah. teenager stuff yeah. in a teenager show. Yeah. So the next thing you would want to have to happen is the new adult that you, were the former teenagers react to it. So I guess what you're, I was just kind of about to say that, but you're totally right. Like they do over the season react to Dawn. So it's weird because you have to keep that in mind because in this episode there isn't that direct payoff and like you just get a scolding from Buffy or whatever, but there's no like meeting her on her level to be like, Hey, I understand what this is like. I used to do stuff like this, blah, blah, blah. We never do that. I was a teenager literally two years ago. (laughs) I think that's why that's so hard Yeah, because it feels so hypocritical because essentially Dawn is the age Buffy was when this started and Buffy's fighting vampires and going out at night and having a vampire boyfriend. And it's like, why? I mean, yeah, you had superpowers, but Willow was doing that with you. Xander was doing that with you. Why? Why isn't Dawn allowed to do that? But she had Joyce. She had the rock at home. But I do wonder if maybe that's why we get the quippy Buffy that's like, oh, you were parking with a boy, you were making out with a vampire, and then like the actual adult moment is with Giles when he's like, yeah, I'm disappointed, but I'm also angry at you, instead of Buffy trying to do that to her sister because she just, she can't. (laughs) It would be so hypocritical. For sure. And And her inability to do it. I mean, her passing it off to Giles and him being furious about just passing it off and then furious at Dawn. It's like furious at both of them. It's like, I'm mad Mm -hmm. at you for the situation. But, you know, Buffy is the one that needs to take care over this. I'm not your dad. I can't do this. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, it's Buffy. Buffy can't handle it. I mean, that is definitely a storyline to, I don't, explore. And I guess her just fucking off is one of those ways to explore it. And I'm curious how it all kind of like feels after the whole thing. Um, Because, yeah, that's pretty interesting to be like, I don't want the responsibility. And you're just like, well... I mean, that is part of kind of the wedge that drives Giles away, right? Because you see Buffy looking to him and saying, how do I parent Dawn, essentially? Like, should I let her go to a friend's house? I told her I could. Like, can I? And Giles is like, I don't fucking care. She's not my kid. Do do whatever you want, right? Like, I'm not her dad. I'm not your dad. Like, leave me alone. (laughs) You know, and then he gets shoved into this parental role anyways where he has to be like, Dawn, I'm really disappointed in you. Did you use a condom? Like, I don't don't want to have that conversation with you. <laughs> so he's like, I have to fuck off back to London. Like, see you later. <laughs> oh, see, my dark read of Giles on all of that is that I feel like he would happily do that if he got the right recognition. I mean, we've talked about mm. it in the last couple of episodes where he'll like reach his hand out or whatever, and then Buffy runs off, and it's like, Giles is an inch, like, just give her money, just give her fucking money, like, mm-hmm. let her live, you know, like, and all these weird things where it's like he wants to, you know. I don't know. I don't know what would make him stay, but I think he's clearly over, you know, just um, doing it without, I don't know, any recognition or whatever. Maybe that's like a little bit of the Willow thing, right? Willow wants all this, you know, people say thank you. That's an interesting question. If if Buffy had come to him earnestly and like scared and being like, hey, I really need you to stick around. And and like, and she kind of has like, she's like, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here. But like, I, I need another like parent figure for Dawn. I need a lot of help. If you don't want to do it, I understand, but we need to have a real conversation about what 
I need in life and how to get it and mm-hmm. you like what you need and want and like what we're doing here. But we can't do that. We can't do that because we, we need that. the TV drama and the tension. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not a real pirate. Real pirates live on boats and don't look stupid. Uh, the other thing that happens in this episode basically for me is Willow. Willow officially oh, bad, bad Willow, I think, has officially arrived. Um, all right. So first things first. I know that it's a little early for the watches, but spoiler, is Willow using too much magic is the question that she asks to Tara, basically, in a roundabout Mm -hmm. way. Is, I guess, point number one, is she using too much magic or Tara's kind of vague point, the wrong kind of magic? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You want to know what I think about that? I do. Um, what I wrote in my notes was, what is, quote unquote, too much magic? (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, been an... A completely unknown concept up until uh, like this episode, right? That we were quantifying that like there's a usage level, right? Yeah. Almost like you build up a tall like because it's drugs. I mean, it's drugs. I it's mean, drugs. yes, that's yeah. what that's what we get into, and that's definitely where we're going. Where it's like it's there's an addictive quality, but up until this point, there's that's never been said. that's never yeah. even been implied. No, and there's definitely never. been like there's like dark magic that you shouldn't do, like you shouldn't use it to murder someone. I right. guess like you know sort of like <laughs> forbidden realms of like bad evilness or whatever. But that, but if you weren't doing that, it didn't seem like there was like a a problem. Yeah, like a level where it was too much. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really sure how we're quantifying too much. Maybe it's just that now that Will is tapped into this sort of like darker power by bringing um, Buffy back, that Tara's worried she's gonna slip into that, which clearly she does. But you know, I don't. I wonder if Buffy had not died, Will had not resurrected her. And she had done this party if Tara would have given her a weird look about it or if it would have been like a non non point, you know, it's a great yeah, point. That is a good I question. think beyond the gaslighting, you know, that we assume has been happening forever. But we can say that it's just now ramping up. That is a good question, because, yeah, I'm, I'm I think beyond before before bringing Buffy back and really fucking with it. I mean, she she said in this episode she wanted to move everyone that was over 15 into another dimension. I mean, that's bizarre. For a couple of seconds. That's nuts. If I was if I was Terry, I'd be like, what the fuck is and wrong she, with you? I mean, she does say that yeah. the WB version of, of that, like, yeah. what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it's mean, absolutely out of control. That's clearly a step too far. But like party decorations, is that actually harmful? Yeah. I mean, because that's right. where the fight starts, right? Where Tara's kind of like, hey, maybe we should have gone to the store. And I mean, like, yeah, moving people to a different dimension, probably not a great idea because if something goes wrong, it goes really wrong, right? Yeah. But uh, I don't I don't know. Um, like on the scale of like what is too much? And like Willow says, like, you know, people like it when I use it when we're fighting vampires. Like, what's the mm-hmm. difference? And I do kind of wonder, like, at what point do you get, do you have to have this, like, council of people that decide whether you're allowed to do that spell for that reason? Like, how do you determine that? <laughs> so I would say a- it's just more her, her, her disposition. I think it's just the fact that she's doing it is what she's I'm reading into so this. She's being so cavalier about more. it. Yeah. I feel it's like very much just kind of like breathing. Like it's like a, almost like a reflex for her at this point, right? Like she just had people stop talking because it's irritating her and she's trying to focus on Tara, you know, like that kind of thing where it's like second nature. So I can see why that would be worrying, but also, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So the there's a lot of lore that doesn't exist about magic in the world. Um, yeah. Because we have in Checkpoint, we, when we have the council goons come, 
they they ask what what's your magical proficiency level right. which is indicating or implying that there is some kind of order to this like not like a yeah. like a literal order of people that are controlling you know yeah. like, like we it's have like a martial arts belt system yeah or yeah yeah and we all kind of know like are you yeah. registered witches like you're supposed yeah. to be a known quantity because this can get out of hand really fast yeah and if that is the case then it makes sense that Tara's like, I'm kind of keeping track of this, and I think we're heading into to, to scary times. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there's an easy, observable thing of, like, power corrupts, right? So Willow doing that thing where I'm just taking shortcut after shortcut, I, I mean, Tara, and it does come to fruition, but I wonder if even in her head, she's like, what is she going to do next? What is she going to change about the world to suit her needs? So she, totally. she And then she changes fucking Tara. Like, yeah. I, like, I think she must know that that's where that leads. It's less that, like, it would be fine if Willow was just doing party decorations this one time or whatever, but the fact that she's just editing the world around her to make it just what she wants is, is like, yeah. scary. Like, I think that's why too much is how she phrases it, but I think it's less about that, and that's why they have the conversation. That's why she says it's different. Like, you know it's different, and it, it's true. Willow, you're fucking being coy. You know it's different. You know it's different right. saving someone's life versus being too fucking lazy to go to the store versus, you know, making everyone in the room mute because you can't handle it. Like, that's a different different thing. Um, but, like, yeah, who gets to make those choices, and when is it, where is the line? I mean, clearly we're going to find the line, and yeah, and, and there are yeah. witches in the world that use magic uh, consistently, but like you know the white good magic or whatever, yeah. only for good causes, and that's where Willow gets to go on her beautiful and retreat our, in England. Or techno pagans, but she has to kill it. someone first. Yeah, techno yeah. pagans. Yeah, yeah, well, true. I mean, I like the way that you phrased it, editing the world, because it does seem like that's the kind of like the impetus for what causes Willow's problem is that, you know, she wants to change the way Tara's reacting. She wants to edit the things that have happened so that she doesn't have to deal with them and she can make, like, a more comfortable place for her to be, right? Like, I don't want to have this fight with Tara right now, so we'll just not have this fight right now. Or, or ever. ever. <laughs> yeah, or <laughs> ever. that's easier for me, right? <laughs> and so that's clearly definitely, like, a slippery, weird slope. Um so I think that's like that's a good way to phrase it. Because you're removing consent, you're removing consent yeah. from everyone you encounter because yeah. you're not letting anyone else have their own genuine, independent experience. Yeah, and that's fucked up. <laughs> when Tara was saying like, "Why don't we just do it? Why do you have to do it magically? Why can't we just do it the natural way?" And I remember thinking like, "That's so stupid. If you could do it with magic, why wouldn't you do it with magic? That's easier." And you know, you don't ask that about Buffy. Like, well, if you could kill a vampire without using your super strength why wouldn't you do that like that seems stupid if you have magic you should use magic but like narrowing in on the idea of like consent like people should consent to the magic you're doing to them or like around them I feel like is that's like where the issue gets messy and so when you have Willow who's clearly not honoring other people's consent about you know what they want to do and you see that most explicitly with Tara here she's sort of like blurring the lines between like oh I mean you're just mad at me because I did some party favors which like isn't a big deal how much do you have to consent to that versus like I've actually changed your memories yeah and influenced our entire relationship like you know she's like kind of creating all of these levels and saying well if you're saying this thing's bad then everything's bad and that's stupid you know like you're like making this like false equivalent was that straw man right like where you're just yeah you know making some shit up or like what about ism it's like Whoa. yeah because i mean it starts with the party decorations yeah, right and it's like tara why are you so mad about this but it's like no you know this is different yeah <laughs> you know i'm not talking about the fucking decorations <laughs> like, come on. Uh, yeah 
Well, the scariest people are the ones that have the clout. I mean, Willow saved them many times. And the fact that she would use that as a, you know, a crutch to be able to do the stuff she wants and justify it by how much she does benefit and help the team around her is pretty nefarious to Mm -hmm. begin with as well. Well, and then another interesting thing about the consent angle is she's kind of got this like ace card I guess <laughs> where she did this thing to Buffy that Buffy couldn't consent to and like wouldn't have consented to right if she'd had the choice but she's like look I did it for everyone's benefit like you can't question me when I make these choices because my choices are the right choices like regardless of whether people actually feel good about what you did and look how selfless it was I'm yeah. improving the world yeah exactly <laughs> like I'm a hero <laughs> I mean it's weird <laughs> so do you do you think that this is the first time that she's done this to Tara I, I mm. question it only because she had that shit ready to go and she knew the spell yeah it's weird that you'd have I mean I don't know what that flower is Leith's bramble don't worry, we'll get a close up in the book later. <laughs> and if there's like a legitimate reason to have it there, it doesn't seem like Tara knows what that flower is. She doesn't until she looks it up, yeah. Because she's holding it and she's like, oh, Willow gave it to me or whatever. Mm-hmm. You have that like moment where she's just like, oh, this is so sweet. Oh. But you're just like, that's so fucked up because you know that's the reason why you can't remember you're mad at Willow. So, so that seems suspicious, right? That another witch wouldn't see that and immediately be like, red flag, that's only a bad flower kind of thing. (laughs) So it must have some other property, you think? Well, that or, like, Willow's so deep into dark shit that, you know, this wouldn't even be something Tara would even have, like, on her horizon of Mm. things that you could do. Like, if you saw that flower, you wouldn't think of it as, like, oh, that's a magical ingredient, right? Like, she's holding it like, it's a flower my girlfriend got me. No, I think she has done it before, 100%. We talked about this before, like, with her book and everything, like, just the way that they were talking to one another back in season five. Maybe it explains why we have so many different (laughs) things going on. I mean, I just I hate to think of it that way because it does kind of break the continuity of the show. But it's like that might be. I mean, in a dark way, Willow's just been doing this since the moment that she was been with. Well, I mean, she didn't even hesitate right when she grabbed that flower. She was like, like again, like a reflex. Like she's done this before. Like this is just another fight she doesn't want to deal with. And you know, once you've done it once and nothing bad, nothing bad happens, you justify it as like, this is good for both of us. Now she's not upset. Now I don't have to deal with this and we can just be happy together again. Like we're meant to be. And you just like edit it so far. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's what I was going to try to put a a fine point on too. Like how far Willow must be going in the, in like the shadows, Mm. like away from the screen that she's, she doesn't question that this is super, super fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like, this is objectively not okay to do to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And where has Willow Rosenberg gone that she right. wouldn't know that? That she could just go to sleep with a fucking smile on her face after doing that to somebody she loves? Yeah. Like, when did this fucking happen, man? <laughs> it must have been a really bad summer. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good question. Do we ever really get a good answer to that? Uh, why? Joyce, like, just life-changing? Like, or it's just like, a subtle like I just have enough power to do it and I'm just tired of dealing with her shit she's always asking me about this book that I lent to to Dawn that one time so (laughs) fuck it I'm just I mean seriously though I'm just gonna fucking I'm just gonna wipe her memory really quick well I think that's why it goes back to what we're talking about uh, uh, too much magic honestly I think that that you know little by little things were just getting easier and easier for Willow to deal with as she just changed the world around her and then so when it starts there's friction she's like oh fuck I just gotta fix that so it's like yeah she's 
I, I would hope that she's on the level where it's like, oh, I just fixed the thing, like you said. Yeah. I didn't want to have the fight, so I didn't have the fight. Um, well, why would you do it magically if you could do it naturally, right? She's got, like, the other idea, like, why would I deal with this fight, you know, and talk this out with you if I could just fix it with magic? Mm-hmm. It's yeah, In the end, the result's the same, right? We're still, we're not fighting anymore. Yeah. Right. So I guess, like, I, the charitable reading is that she's just, she's not even aware of the fact that that's what she's doing. Like, it has become so second nature yeah. that she's just, you know, fixing things to her liking on the fly because I can't think that she's consciously just like, I want to hurt Tara because that's a different character for sure. Yeah. She is just really desperately wanting someone to be like, you're doing a great job and this is awesome. And everyone around her is like, fucking stop. That's why she goes nuts when Amy comes back. (laughs) She's like, thank God, finally someone who appreciates my artistry. Right. Um, But yeah, the, the lead scramble thing, the only thing that I could come up with other than the fact that she'd been like, I don't think she wanted to change Tara. I think, and they kind of even maybe say it in Tabula Rasa. Um, I mean, they do after that. Anyway, I think she might have been looking to fix Buffy. Oh, she doesn't know Buffy's gone. Or Buffy was in heaven. Sorry, never mind. She does, after after Once More With Feeling, the reason why she does the spell is to wipe Buffy's memory, the fact that she was dead. Um, so I thought I was going to say maybe she was researching that already to try to to get rid of Buffy's memories. And maybe she was, like, even if she was in hell, like, let me help mm-hmm. Buffy forget all that shit that happened to her. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's sure. why she had it ready to go. But I don't know. I just, it's not good. It's that not good. Sense. That makes sense. Yeah, it's not great, though. Rupert is an exceptionally strong name. <laughs> Go on a progeny to eat paste and have their lunch money stolen. <laughs> I think that that's all I wanted to say about that. You have anything else you want to say before we yell about stuff? No. No more dunking on Willow. I mean, that's a pretty shitty smile. <laughs> plenty to come. <laughs> yeah, there are plenty to come. Oh, uh, I guess. The only other thing I wanted to say about the Willow stuff, um, when they're in the bronze, she's like, were you talking to Giles behind my back? Do you know that it makes me feel? I was like, God, is she going to hit her? Jesus Christ. Um, do you think that that Willow and Giles, or sorry, Tara and Giles have talked about this? About Willow using too much magic? Yeah, I mean, they do share a look kind of at the party. That's the picture you had up for a while. Yeah, they might have. but Almost undoubtedly. Okie dokie. Uh, now's as good a time as any to remind you that we're a real podcast and you can find us everywhere. Twitter, Twitter Tumblr. Instagram. We have a website. Just beepme.wordpress.com. It has notes about our show as well as a link to our Spotify playlist. And that has all the songs that are played in the show. That one that's at the park when they're all being like, we're cool and destructive metal dudes. That song will definitely be on there. Hell yeah. Um, if, you, if you're into that kind of thing, you can find that at beepme-funtime playlist for podcast fans. Season six on Spotify. Thank you. Now time for yelling. Daniel, do you want to go first? Yeah. We never talked at all about Xander and Anya or any of that stuff. What a great time uh, to do what, that. Oh, the, fourth, the fourth plot. Uh, there's nothing to say. I, I didn't have anything really to add about it. We just didn't. You just need to point it that. out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> This is really funny. Uh, tough look. I Just a couple of points on it. Tough look that when he says, I'm going to marry that girl, Buffy immediately jumps to like, holy Dawn. fuck, you're not dating. Like, that's wow. Even after all these years, my boy Xander still is not trusted by any of his friends. And it turns out that they do get together and that is what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I also laughed really hard when Giles was like, hey, you guys can just like buy a house. Yeah. Just like save up money. I was like, that's objectively the funniest thing I've heard <laughs> all night. Thanks, Giles. Thanks for thanks for lightening this party, Giles. You're the best. Well, that did make me write in all caps. Did you catch what he said to Xander? He said so is she going to move in with you? Mm-hmm. 
and I was just like, what? All caps, because we literally, that was that episode of season three, the re- or season three, season five, episode three, The Replacement, when Xander gets the fucking apartment, I thought the entire thing was she moved in with no. him. They have separate apartments. Still? Yeah. That is wild. She just didn't want to have to visit him at his mom's basement. I yeah, I did that's not. Right. She got the fair. place because of that. Did not know that. Did not know that. I was shocked. I, I 100% guaranteed that they live together at this point. No. Absolutely not. But every time we go to there, they're together. So? Yeah. Because okay. they're together. <laughs> Damn it. For now. I was so outraged. I cannot believe they aren't living together. You know how many times we went to Anya's place? Once. Of course we're not seeing yeah. her there. Damn. Damn. All right. Whatever. Station. <laughs> I guess I'll just I'll just follow that up with like what did Xander think getting married meant? Because he seemed real shocked with the idea of like living together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that you would be married and keep your separate apartments and never talk about having kids or or buying a house or, or buying a house or anything. Mm-hmm. And that Anya had considered it. What a yeah, clingy woman. Mm-hmm. He thought that at most they would have a party. Yeah. I think he that was, was like, it. Wow. The only thing I was ready to commit to was saying that we were going to get married. I wasn't <laughs> actually ready to commit to getting married yep. or living together or buying a house or having kids or anything. Yeah. He trapped himself into getting married. And then he was like, man, you look really hot at the at the counter right now. So I'm going <laughs> to announce this. <laughs> and then he's like, cool. Thanks for like the couple drinks. And then it's like, fuck, <laughs> fuck. Fuck. <laughs> That's all he wanted. Yeah. Like, this dude this dude is just should not be getting married. And uh, oh, yeah. it's you know, it's just Xander. He can't talk about his feelings or whatever. So it's like gotta drag everyone else down, my dude. So good luck with that. Have fun. Oh Jesus. Whose turn is it? I just went, so Daniel's. Oh, uh uh you already said it, but I I laughed so hard when Don was like, I'm not a kiss slut. I've never heard <laughs> anyone ever say kiss slut. Isn't that not really funny? That's such a I mean, teenager thing to say. That's so, weird. so good. Uh, and the fact that she has to enunciate it because kiss ends with an S yeah. and slut starts with an kiss S. Slut. So she's like, kiss, kiss slut. slut. Kiss slut. Yeah. After that, after Don said that line, I turned to Kelly and was like, I want to start a band called Kiss Slut. Kiss Slut. Dude, great, great name. Such great a teenager name. thing to say, though. It's so cute and innocent. I saw that half smile, you little slut. (laughs) I'm helping. It's hard. Ergo party. You two can take patrol. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to go find something slutty to wear tonight. That won't make me a slut. Buffy. I'm a slut. Don't worry, we're sure to spot Faith first. She's like this cleavagey slut bomb walking around going, Oh, check me out. I'm wicked cool. I'm five by five. I, I kiss all the time. Not that I'm a kiss slut, just. And that's why he's so creepy. When before that he was, what it was like, I I want to taste you or whatever. And it's like, oh god, that's horrible. And then it's like, I well, I'm not a kiss slut. It's like, oh, this is funny. What's even happening? Like, are these guys the same age, or is he like uh, Edward, a Twilight vampire, where he's he might like be. five thousand years old, and like this person's only like a kid, or is he actually a kid? I want more information. You know, I never thought about expanding this storyline where we could actually make Don a character. I've never thought about really making Don a character, but you totally could have. Like, mm-hmm. we actually—it's funny for a vampire slayer who dates two vampires or who is with two vampires. We don't ever explore the storyline of tortured vampire in the sense of like I really do love you but I'm going to hurt you if I stay around Mm. you like Angel was different because he couldn't hurt her unless they had sex which whatever Spike can't hurt her 
You yeah. know what I mean? So it would be interesting for like this uh, conflicted vampire thing was like, I am going to kill you though. <laughs> like, <laughs> I am. <laughs> and I'm going to like it. Like you said, just not enough time. Um, more done. All done. She just steals like a coin. Yeah. Like just like a coin. Yeah. From her friends. It's a gold coin. A gold bullion. A, a bullion, if you will. <laughs> is that not how that? Did she pronounced? sell it on the street? Oh, what did she do bullion. with it? I don't know. Uh, yeah, she I don't... puts it in her little jewelry box with all her other stolen trinkets. Oh, it's like a dragon. I thought it was like a scorpion. Yeah. No, hmm. it's a dragon. Sweet dragon coin, Don. Whatever. It's tiny and it's gold. You think Janice put her up to it? Stacia, is your turn. Mm-hmm. Crimes and misdemeanors. That's right. Uh, yeah, and. Janice is holding a gigantic plastic soda cup that said, huge glug! Oh, huge glug. Oh, hugest glug. We already made a Parks and Rec joke about, you know, 5,000 candles in the wind, but huge glug is just a child size. (laughs) Enormous. Enormous. Uh, Just to two two notes on uh, Janice. Um, I laughed also when she said the mominator. Oh, the mominator. That was pretty good. And also when Giles answers the phone, he answers the phone and knows immediately who Miss Penshaw is, which yeah. is her mom. And I'm like, we've never heard of Janice. And there's another like, <laughs> it just, it feels it like it sucks, right? We should have met Janice before. Even if we never meet Miss Penshaw, that's fine. Mm-hmm. How the fuck does Giles know Miss Penshaw? That's what I'm going to say. Rupert, if you don't want to be the dad, you can't be knowing the names of the friend's moms. Like, you, you just can't. You can't. You got to be in or out, man. We're done. We're done. Well, we can't do it. I mean, maybe he met Miss Penshaw when he was working as the school librarian. Don would have been a few years younger than Buffy, and therefore it would hold that Janice would also be. No, I don't accept this. But Don no? didn't exist. Yeah, but so he but didn't Janice meet her unless did. the monks put but the Janice memory did. of meeting Mrs. Pen- <laughs> yeah, Janice did. So right, he could so we're know saying who Mrs. Penshaw is. Mrs. Penshaw is right because he knows Janice as just a kid down the block from yeah. Buffy, his slayer. Yeah, who has no it, it has nothing to do with Janice because exactly. she's like four years younger than her. Mm-hmm. No, you're all creepy. right. Well, that's creepy on Giles's part. You're letting him off too easy for sure. And he wouldn't be in high school. Right, I mean, she would be barely would just be starting high school. But maybe know. there's a, Janice has an older sister too, older brother. We don't know. Look, I don't know. I'm just trying to think reasons. The reason is that Giles has got his 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 toe in two ponds. I don't know. There's an expression. He wants to not be dad, but then is doing dad stuff. You got to pick a lane. That's all I'm saying. You got to pick a lane. Look, give, give it to Hank. Hank is the only dad we need. Do you? I don't know if it's my turn, but the most <laughs> he important did pick thing. A lane. <laughs> oh, Hank. Yeah, his lane is in Spain. It's a Spain lane. Uh. The lanes in Spain stay mainly on the plane. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god. Uh something that, that we didn't talk about that might be the most important revelation of this entire episode. Giles has two wizard costumes. Not one. Dude, but I know. Two. I saw that. It's fucking incredible. <laughs> this one does not have a hat, which is a disappointment for sure. But I was like, motherfucker, this is the second time you've worn a wizard costume in this store. And I love it. He looks like the goddamn cookie monster wizard or whatever and it is. And that place was popping, cookie by the way. Like, incredible sales from my dudes. It, mm. What a crazy day of business. So busy. It was like Black Friday. Wow, that's really fake money. 
Yeah, really fake. One of my Whoa. next notes was that's the fakest money you've ever seen. Like, I, absolutely unbelievable fake ass money. I think it says fifty five. I think that's a fifty five dollar. Yeah, bill. that's a fifty five right there. <laughs> that is the fakest money. That's my ever. favorite denomination. Oh shit. Demons after money. Whatever happened to the still beating heart of a virgin? No one has any standards anymore. Let's see. Oh, Xander references the fireflies from a volcano off the coast of Kathmandu. Mm. Kathmandu is in Nepal. Nepal is a landlocked country. Uh, so I get it, like that must be on purpose because Xander's an idiot. So that's why <laughs> we said it. Is that what we're getting at? I can't tell. Well, you thought about this much more than I did. And much more than everyone on the internet. You know what everyone on the internet said about that line? This must be a nod to Joss Whedon's what will come in two years, so there's definitely no way that anyone would be looking out for it. Firefly! Oh, wow. Wow. Didn't even think, didn't cross my mind. Because why would you ever? Three different fucking Buffy things said that. I was like, it's 2001! 2001, guys! Okay, anyway. Sorry. Your turn? My turn? Yeah. Uh... I like the little moment that Don and Buffy had. You know, like we talked about how it's so hypocritical for Buffy to try to critique Don for her choices when Don's like, oh, like you've never fallen for a vampire. That was different. That was different. It's always different when it's me. <laughs> I know. It's so good. Which is kind of the fight they've always had. And it's still yeah. totally true. And Dawn is like in the 100% right every time she brings it up. And Buffy has no response to it. Really, like a good response because it's wrong (laughs) because it's naughty um so i don't you know how they make a joke in uh afterlife i think where buffy's like they spent all the money or they might have been flooded they spent all the money on essential items like food and clothing or food and shelter or something like that um did you notice that they had party platters like ready to fucking go like I think we are spending money a little willy-nilly here because clearly we didn't go to the store because we would have got the decorations had we gone to the store. But what does Giles come out with? Fucking perfect little veggie tray. We've got uh, snacks and cr- like crackers and meats. We've got all the chips. Like They were ready to have a party. That is waste. That's surplus that we need to trim out of the summer's budget is what I'm saying. And I blame my loan tear. Daniel? Well, I would just say on that front, you know, it's like you got all these little tiny toothpicks that you put in, but you guys have like steaks like left, right, and center. I feel like you should take the steaks that you use for the arrows and just like that's what you pop the pepperoni <laughs> in. No, no, just like that's keep it enormous. Just throw it in the pepperoni, and you want to get some that you grab the thing, and then when we're ready to fight, boom, we just take it from the meat. Pepperoni flavored vampires. Yeah, it's uh, practice. Oh, yeah, it's nice. Gotta hit the small target. Yeah, well, the thing I was going to say before that, uh, Giles, uh, when he goes out into the woods and he's like, I'm in the woods, I'm now fighting everyone. (laughs) Fucking wild shit. I mean, I was not fucking prepared for any of it. Oh, Also, he he trips over a fucking grave and that was hilarious. But um, when he finds fucking Janice, who who maybe was the one screaming, right? I mean, so Dawn Piercing scream, right? Like, I I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, wait, no. Um, He asked her point blank, where is Dawn? And she just shrugged, right? She was like, I don't know. It's like, I think she just said, he bit me, right? Like, she's just like, out of it. Like, he bit me. I don't know why he bit me. Bro, just point to where the car is. Just like, you, (laughs) the last place that you saw her, like, you don't have, you don't, I know you don't know exactly where she is, but like, help the man. Help this man who just saved your life. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, Giles doesn't need any help. He is kicking all the asses. Mm. That's true. Well, he got lucky with the pushing him into the tree with a branch or whatever the fuck oh, happened. True. But he staked three other vampires. Oh, he was getting it. I'm not. What I'm not hell? taking it. Uh, Stacia. 
Mm, I don't really have anything left. Okay. Uh, I have a question for you then. Is peeing an indication of like happiness or that oh, you like someone? Wow. Do you ever like someone so much you want to pee about it? I I don't understand what that, why she Like the nervous thing? I don't know. Why did Jada say that? I don't know. Because she's well, a that's what, terrible influence. She's a terrible person. We can we can all agree. I've just never fucking heard like pee your pants. Like what? What does it mean? Anyway, sorry, Daniel. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, okay, so the last the last thing that I have is that Justin dies via um, arrow. That mm-hmm. somehow that's fine. I don't care how Dawn came into getting the arrow. It's fine. But nobody's putting so much pressure on themselves. I just like, I. it's weird to be a vampire, right? So like if I was coming down to bite you and you popped out that steak, right? That thing would just, on a normal human being, it would just poke me and I'd be like, oh, fuck. Yeah. But for a vampire, they fucking die. They just straight up die. And I just get to thinking like, what kind of fucking accidents could accidentally happen where you just run into something a little too hard and like your heart bursts? because like because it doesn't matter you have nothing to stop you like the skin like literally the prick of that would be like oh my god what the fuck like oh shit there's a fucking arrow get that out of here i'm gonna bite you now (laughs) but like no he just like straight up dies that's wild to me i just i like that was super weird for me but it also clarified what i said in the first episode of this season when giles biggest ko was being sawdust being thrown on him they have done away with the dusting so he she got dusted right on top of her and there was nary a piece of sawdust on her. So mm. they oh, just they funny. went in for one episode trying to make dustings real. And then we're like, yeah, we'll just go back to CG. <laughs> we're done. Yeah, I don't I never really would have pointed like noticed that in the first episode of the season until you pointed out. But yeah, that's just like what a little thing, just like many other little things in Buffy that just we're going to do this one time and forget all about it. Sawdust man. Pocket sawdust. sand. OK, just Gotta love it. quickly things that don't matter. Here we go. Are you ready? Yes, please. Okay, uh, it was nice of Kevin Reese, Justin, whatever, to slowly deflate the tire instead of stabbing it. Really cool antics. Danger, danger. <laughs> With all the kids uh, around. Ever, there's like so many families <laughs> and children around. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Um, we don't follow no stinking rules. Okay, so everything about the fight scene, this episode is terrible. Um, and I'll get to that in the rankings more. But like, the it's really weirdly lit because of all the, the car lights. So like we never do fights that well lit. It's very strange. I don't like it. The characters are out of control. The writing is so bad. Sorry, Stephen denied every line that Giles says is like, "What the fuck move? What? It, it, where did we just pull Giles from? Was he in a really bad action movie? Okay, I'm glad he's here. Uh, why would Spike follow them home after the fight? He doesn't fucking live there. Uh, and the car decapitation. There's no way. There's absolutely no way that Buffy could have decapitated that fucking mm-hmm. vampire with the car door. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible stuff. Oh, also, See, that's the what maybe, I'm talking about with the heart thing, though, right? It's like you don't actually even have to decapitate; you just have to mime decapitation, like neck. a little, yeah. bit, exactly, a little bit too much pressure done. Well, it's like when Giles shoved that uh, one vampire into the tree and you see the tree branch burst through his chest and it's like a Y shape. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, like how hard? What? Yeah. <laughs> a normal person would just get like heavily bruised on their back. That's not like bursting through your chest. I mean, we never talk about it, but apparently when you die, when you before you turn into a vampire, you lose all bone strength and density. Yeah. You're like, they're just, Spike is holding on by a thread. He's yeah. just like a s- series of toothpicks, honestly. He may could go down at any moment. He 
really just take it for granted. True. He shouldn't even be in the woods. <laughs> no. Yeah, right. It's he fucking so dangerous unsafe. everywhere. And he, <laughs> he trips. It's over. He's got <laughs> he's got fucking arrows in his coat pocket next to his heart. Are you kidding yeah. me? The dude is tempting fate. Oh, you're telling me. That's why we love him. That's why we fucking love him. Oh man. Oh, I forgot to ask my most important question. Do people still get their belly buttons pierced? Yeah. Really? I'm sure people do. I'm sure people do. I was just like, because all you could see is her stomach. She's on the screen and was like, look at the talking stomach. And they're like, oh, there's a belly button piercing. Does that happen anymore? Yeah. You just don't see a lot of midriffs anymore. Yeah, you just don't see bellies. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah. No, I mean, nothing wrong with them. I'm just like, huh. Huh, huh, huh. This is for us to reflect. 20 years later, think about it. We don't see as many bellies as we used to see. You know, we sure no. don't. We sure, we sure don't. don't. It's probably for the best. You know, it's been a hot minute since I've seen someone with the belly button. Yeah, mm. piercing. <laughs> <laughs> belly button. <laughs> period. <laughs> you know, even back in the day, Buffy was rocking those midriff. You know, she hasn't rocked that oh, yeah. in a minute. Oh, yeah. So yeah, we're still very much in the almost nineties. You know, the long. Okay, days. well, um. Can you update me on the watches, Daniel? There's some very important things. Oh, there are, Kelly. You're going to be very happy about it. Uh, Xander, construction outfit watch. We all know that that's a no. He was a pirate all episode. (laughs) Maroon jacket watch slash Anya belt alert. Maroon jacket watch, yes. Tara was rocking that bad boy at the bronze, and we love it. Uh, Anya's belt alert, no. But her little tiny shorts were about the size of her belt from why we made the belt alert to begin with. Uh, Dawn's piercing <laughs> screams is controversial. Uh, you know, yes, no. Uh, who knows? Who knows? She I'm could have screamed no. it from outside. I would. It has to be no. I put yeah. yes because I haven't changed it, but it clearly wasn't her because I just reacted immediately when I heard it. Yes. <laughs> um, I think it counts. Do you? I think it should count. Okay. Honorary mention. Yes. I mean, it just even to fool us, you know, I was ready to go. Chips Ahoy, no. Um, but... The the guy here on the screen that we're talking about, uh, you know, we gonna fight? No, that's not him. It, this is the rebel guy, or no, this is we gonna fight guy. Yeah, the we gonna yeah, yeah. fight guy asked him what his Same. malfunction. Is. Same guy, I asked him what his malfunction is, and I know that's not exactly. It's more slang, <laughs> but but I think after that he kind of like fucking rocks him. So I feel like it's almost like implied. What's your malfunction? Like, are, are, you know, don't whatever. talk about my chip. Don't talk about my chip. Will is too powerful. A hey, we had a whole fucking category on mm-hmm. it. So yes, decoration gate of course was a huge deal. <laughs> uh, and then again, moving anyone uh, under fifteen, over fifteen into an alternate dimension is like honestly one of the craziest things I've ever heard in my life yeah. and it'll just be one second they won't even know what the fuck yeah Buffy has a personality for the life of me I can't think of anything so it's no. a no uh, shocking guys strap in to Hoffer and watch yeah still not here uh, Tara and Willow are on the pot again oh yes <laughs> not much for the timber line was gold delivery was excellent then we have tara rambling about having fingers and oh, mickey mouse gloves more yeah. fingers you know big white gloves to overcompensate <laughs> absolute nonsense and I love it. <laughs> uh, using too much magic yeah that's pretty much it i mean everything after that is like really kind of sad and i just yeah. all i could think was like you know instead of using that plant to alter her mind, like, why aren't you just using, like, the dankest weed you've got? You know, like, the way that you guys normally do it, just like, yeah. that, you know, why are you trying with magic to do what God has already helped us do? You know? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> Bro, you could have just... Keep it natural. Keep it natural. <laughs> yeah. uh, Michael Wicket, Amy Gothwatch. 
No, but we do get a lot of talk about witches and stereotypes, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> and we had the cute little girl as the witch. And even mm-hmm. later we have, you know, Don bringing it up too, where it's like, not all witches look like that. They're like, what the fuck's wrong with you, little girl? Did um, you know that little girl had a character name? Really? It was Witchy Poo. Witchy Poo. <laughs> witchy Poo. Oh no, Witchy Poo. <laughs> That's adorable. Uh, where is she now? <laughs> where is she now? The Dead. icon. Oh no! <laughs> I mean, I don't another know. burned out child star, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and for some reason, after a rewatch, I don't trust her with with Willow. I just like don't want her around. I mean, who knows what type of magic she's like? Here, go try this on your mom. Have fun. Um, <laughs> Buffy getting charged one dollar for everyone asking if she's okay. No, she still has two dollars. So no Damn. one's asked her. Uh, Books a million. Yeah, I mean Willow holds up a book, remedial magic, right, or something magics maybe. Oh, at the store, yeah, but uh, we don't use anything to solve anything. Uh, streets ahead, no, but we do have the impenetrable woods, as I said before. And finally, Giles' biggest KO. Yeah, he's chewed out by Mrs. Penshaw, which is tough for him. It could be that. It could also be tripping on the grave, which was very funny. And getting his ass kicked by Zach was also very funny. And I guess even holding the ice, you know, and then having to scold. Your fake daughter, who's a figment of our imagination, it's like this sucks. <laughs> what a weird life! You should go back to England and like try to be normal. <laughs> try some normal shit, you know. <laughs> Tough. Oh, Giles, get a normal British daughter. Yeah. <laughs> one Just year without one. any of this. Oh Just my god. Just grab one. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you for updating us on the watches. I think you did a great job. I, I approve of everything, even the the ad hoc Don scream. I can't deny it. Yeah, you can't deny it. I mean, it, I think it was James, but eh. it's within the spirit. It is. It is. Column, in the spirit. How's your face? Oh, still ruggedly handsome, and Grandpa indeed. Okay, I think it's time. I think it's time to rank this sucker. Willow hacks. We talk about the net slash something wicked this way comes. I gave it a four because bad, bad Willow. The only way we can get negative magic points, negative being five or under, not actually negative because I don't do actual negative scores, but anything less than five, you have to do a bad. And she did a bad. She goddamn wiped her girlfriend's memory. And she was going to, yeah, shift everyone into another freaking plane or whatever. That, but what she didn't. I know, but she thought about it. God, you just won't let anything go. <laughs> You're being a real terror right now. <laughs> Do you want me to <laughs> shut my mouth? Me. It'd be better if you did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, damn it. That's what I should have said. Damn it. Uh, Giles, little Giles. I gave him a nine because the glasses thing, which was great. That was one of the only funny jokes in the episode. Yeah. Is that why you're always cleaning your glasses? So you don't have to see what we're doing? Tell no one. Uh, and then being having to be stern dad, even though supposedly he doesn't want to be dad. Uh, and killed all the vampires. I mean, pretty badass. And then he fell down. I mean, Giles all around. Uh, Dawn needs an adult. Oh, yeah. She got a two because, damn, she needs an adult. I mean, we all have excused her behavior because that's what you do when you're a teenager. But you know why you do that when you're a teenager? Because there's no fucking adults around. So she was stealing stuff. And she was accessory to other crimes, to crimes that happened. She was accessorizing crimes. She was accessorizing her crimes. With bedazzled Hello Kitty shirts. Oh, yeah, with the, the like, tie down the side, the, like, corset ties on either side. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful eye <laughs> does not age badly at all. <laughs> Classic. Classy. Oh, Monster of the Week. Uh, give them a three. They're just vampires. But they do kill a person. <sighs> so that's more than a lot. What? What? Just vampires. Yeah. I don't know if you've watched this show. We've moved beyond the bad guys or vampires. The vampires are just set dressings at this point. They are not actually enemies. Um, 
so yeah they're just vampires i do like the little bit of the misdirect that we thought it was going to be the creepy guy but uh as you so correctly pointed out we've already done that episode one ever heard of it um so yeah anyway three. <laughs> relationship goodness or badness i gave it a four because spike and buffy are having a good time but uh i don't know if you know about the whole Willow and Tara thing, that wasn't great. Uh, Xander and Anya are also going to say not great because Xander's immediately trying to back out of an engagement he just just announced. And uh, Buffy and Giles. Yeah, not great. Not great. Only a four. And then episode specific. Did I write the whole thing down? You can just cut to it. But Willow, you're using too much magic. What do you want me to do? Just sit back and keep my mouth shut? Stacia. That'd be a good start. <laughs> so nine out of ten for that because that was intense. I mean, that's like the what? I mean, they had their little fight in Tough Love or whatever episode that was when when Terry gets brain sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was like a organic like fight that made sense because they were just you know shit happens in relationships. Mm-hmm. That was like what the hell? Yeah, why don't you do that before I fucking backhand you? Bye, Tara. <laughs> like, ah. Anyway, thirty-one. This episode was not good. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. And it was painful to watch that party. Did anyone else have a problem with that party? Because I really the party it. with just them in it, and they were like dancing yes. and shit. Yeah. Fuck yeah, that was horrible. Yes, and they kept pairing off. Like there's only four fucking people here. <laughs> Buffy leaves immediately. Dawn leaves immediately, and then it's just the four other people. I guess it's five. Yeah, five five people that keep pairing off. So it's like at any point it's Giles and Xander doing something by themselves, and the three other people just like sitting around. Tara. While three people are dancing, she's just Staring like despondently sitting on the couch alone. It's just like, and the music was terrible. Everything about it felt so weird and bad. I hated yeah, it's every just second. Like so of it. weird, treating it like a real party. We had so a real bad. party. It's called Dead Man's Party. We did it before. Yes, this is not a party. This is the same people we see every second of every fucking day. Now we we just have witch magic fucking decorations. Uh, yeah, and she's speared with toothpicks. That's a party to me. Okay, were those decorations that good? I mean, I'll just, I don't know. No. Tough stuff. No. I didn't notice them. I will say that. <laughs> and to, like, with the exception of like the sparkles while they were actually happening, I, it immediately disappeared in my mind. So, 31. <laughs> six out of six. Worst of the season. All the way underneath the bargaining part two. Stacia. Um, I ranked this 55 out of 106. Okay. That's so high. This episode. That's bad. very high. I kind of like this episode. Okay, well, I respect that. No, you don't. Yeah, we talked about that already. <laughs> uh, I split I split up two season three episodes that have been together. Whoa. For this whole time? Yeah. Wow. This whole time. How could you do that? And what are they? Uh, I put it below Helpless and above Beauty and the Beasts. Below Helpless? Okay. Wait, so that means Beauty and the Beast was above Helpless? <laughs> no, no, it's below. No, below. Oh, okay. Helpless was above it. I was like, damn. Screepy beat. Screepy beat. <laughs> beat out uh, sad Buffy. Sad powerless Buffy. But it didn't. It didn't, because I didn't understand what you said. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, and where's the Dark Age? I can't it's remember. It's above it. It's 50. 50. <laughs> nice. 50. This is 55. Hell yeah. Nothing I can do about Dark Age. Love Nothing it. I can do about most of my rankings at this Love point. Love it. But, uh, you know, it's fine. <laughs> and what, oh, yes. What did you put the, for the description of this episode? Yes, yes, of oh. course. Yes. Uh, Your notes are now public domain. <laughs> Halloween, Dawn makes out with Vamp Boy, Willow Magic's party decor, Tara confronts her, Willow makes her forget. Yep. Accurate. Accurate. <laughs> Love it. 
That's I mean, we really sound. should just make you do the the, the plots, honestly. Jesus. Do you write it in a run-on sentence? Do you have a slashes, hyphens, I just put semicolons, commas? Co- commas okay. It's just comma. Halloween wow. comma. Don makes that with Vamp Boy comma. Willem Hedrick's party Amazing. decor comma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poetry. Okay. Daniel. Yeah, no. Uh, I, I like Stephen Denight. Right? That's his name, Stephen Denight. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's cool. Um, he had a he had a horrible task. Um, I put it way down. I put it at 118 out of 137 total. Um, it's above Out of My Mind at 121 and Weight of the World at 120. Um, God damn, that's low. Yeah, and it's right above. Oh, sorry, I'm about to go to sleep. Cancel. Uh, it's a uh, one. It's yeah, it's above those, and it's below the Iron Team and the Pack is three mm. above it, just by happenstance. Uh, yeah, tough stuff. Yeah. So Stephen Knight actually wrote a lot more episodes of Angel. I think he did like 12 or 13. Uh, and he only does, yeah, five for, for this. He, he gets, I think I already forgot what I said. I wrote it down. But just, yeah, Dead Things. I don't remember what that is. But then he he's the one that actually writes uh, Seeing Red too, which sucks. Yeah. Like yeah. he does get wow. the short end for sure. But uh, yeah, and he wrote for Dollhouse. Um, yeah. he, he seems like a competent writer. But yeah, this episode just, you know. What are you going to do? We got Tracy Forbes of it all. The thing that the modern day pundits fail to realize is that all the socioeconomic and psychological problems inherent in modern society can be solved by the judicious application of way too much beer. Black Cross <laughs> is the only beer. <laughs> okay, well, that's that's all the way in the books. I think we're all done with it. Unless, Stacia, do you have anything else to say about all the way? I don't. Daniel, do you have anything else to say about all the way? No, never again. Excellent. Well, Please join us next time for a little episode um, that most people say is probably like the best. I don't know. Would you say once more we feel now like we're not going to talk about it, but I wouldn't say it's the best. I don't think any of us were. We'll put this as our number one, but probably the most uh, recognized, like the most memorable, maybe. I don't yeah. know how you would say it. Yes, episode of the of the show. Once more feeling. Uh, it's the musical one. <laughs> uh, but until then, stay show. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Daniel, say goodbye. Dawn and her little friend pulled a Houdini up to a bit of candy corn podcasting. Mm, candy corn podcast sounds delicious. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Not see you. We'll, you'll I talk at you. I can't. You got to find out. Bye. Nobody's locked up. Everybody. Everybody is free to roam. Take the night off. Those are the rules.